last but not least, thank you all for being here. It is 613, um, and this is way better than Norman Foster, because we have Robert Scott. Uh, so Kay, mm -hmm. Hello. take it away. Yeah, so my board is at the top left. Can you just yeah. like come here? All right. So first I'll describe my urban analytical drawing. So it's kind of basic right now, but what's really striking to me is how this area called the Frank Ogawa Plaza is like the start in which Oakland just like continues at an angle. And this is San Pablo Street. And the thing I want to do with my project is to is for my building to be a cohesive continuation of this angle mm -hmm. and just to continue the liveliness of the area because when I first visited the site I noticed that the corner at the restaurant is very lively and there's like music booming so that's really nice to continue. Now I'll be going over my president studies that I looked at. Just a couple of them are just CLT buildings because I do think that bringing back some natural calm feel through wood is a good idea for my building. And the president study that I did previously is La Masana, and I really like how it just has a shifting of volumes and materials, so I'm gonna do that in my project. Now these are my diagrams. Hold on, this is gonna load for a minute. So in this first diagram, it's just the massing where I cut out these spaces. The top part is the terrace, and then the bottom right part is just like the entrance. So that's one of the main moves I did to just continue the, the intersection of the Ogawa Plaza and just have a flow into the staircase. And then you can see that the materials I use are just like the same ones as La Masana, Brissolet, cladding and glass and then I also angled it to provide like a covered porch here as well as like the exhibition space. Then the circulation system works like this where you enter through the corner near the restaurant and then you can walk up the staircase or go into like the exhibition. I use CLT for my structure, they're kind of spaced out pretty evenly. And then as for my program, I basically just like divided up the spaces between like exhibition, gathering, working, or shared spaces, and they basically transition that way. Now I can just like walk you through the floor plans. So the entrance is at the corner near the restaurant. You enter through and then you can decide to either walk to the second floor with the large staircase or onto the street front exhibition space. My second floor is probably like my most favorite floor because you can see that the staircase engages the second landing and then you can enter onto the meeting spaces or the auditorium on the right and then you can also look at the urban model through this window here at the second floor, which is like a really cool idea that I wanted to include. And then on my third floor, it's basically just an open plan. Same thing as for my fourth floor, in which 
the workshops basically continue on to the terrace. Now to show you my expanded cut, you can see how there's this continuation of the staircase that is also just like made out of glass and it's very noticeable in terms of materiality and then all the other materials that I included are cantilevering in the same way that I got inspired by like La Masana and the shifting of the forms. Onto my sections. So this part is where the urban model is. Initially, I thought that the height ceiling difference is going to be a little bit too low, but this is what I have so far and the way that the second or third floor is continuous. And then lastly, you can just look at my renders where you can see the differences of the materials that I use and yeah, just the use of the staircase in continuing the liveliness of the corner of the plaza area. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm pretty much open to any present studies or feedback that would be helpful. I think um, looking at your 3D view here, the um, expanded cut, and there's a and it's the same thing in your um, diagram where materials and angle there's this angled piece that juts out in your th uh, your expanded cut but i don't see that in the plan oh yeah that's because that was like a last minute decision that i wanted to do or design but yeah I, i'm still updating these i see mm -hmm. um well I have, I have a scattershot collection of comments that are not necessarily coherent but hopefully they'll get there by the time i'm done i saw it at the top uh, the first floor out of the top drawing Mm -hmm. I'm, I think you're, the way you've laid out your columns here, I think is probably not helping you very much. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I, I'm sure there's a um, the thought process, but it results in some funny things like this. For example, at, at room six, which is the furniture storage, where you've got a funny little column in the middle. If I were you, I would probably try finding some structural grid line. Maybe it's here. Sorry, that's a, didn't intend for that to be diagonal. Mm -hmm. But you've got something that's the party wall. Got something else, and then you've got a bigger bay here at the edge. I'm drawing with a mouse, so bear with me. My um, is frozen now, but I think you could arrange these such that they free up some of that, some of that floor area for you. Again, I don't know exactly how this. You don't have to engage. You don't have to express the columns in the facade. Maybe they are set back slightly at this edge, yeah. uh, the street edge. But I think they're landing in a funny spot at the moment where they're kind of in the middle of everything. And again, it happens at the at, um, to the exhibition space where the city model is. Mm -hmm. um, it, it just results in some awkward uses of space. So I'd look, you start, you've kind of started to establish a bay there at the back at the party wall. It changes a little bit in its thickness as you go up the building, but I would think about how you're utilizing, how you're arranging that structural grid so that it can support the spaces that are inside. Um, I think that'll help. But the way you've drawn your um, uh, structure in the section as a starting point, I think is very clear. So I think that mm -hmm. that's, all, that's all good stuff. Um, the, I can definitely see the La Masana um, influence on what you're doing. You've got, a, I think you've got a ton of ideas here, um, which is good. But I would say maybe at, at the facade, it might be worth paring them back a little bit first. So my first provocation to you would be: if we go to the rendered view, is it is it true that this 
area that I'm outlining at the moment, does it want to be, right now you've got thing one, you have thing two, which is the glass bridge. Mm -hmm. You have thing three, which is kind of like the glass bridge, but slightly different. And you have thing four, which is the kinked arm piece. Um, And I wonder if it's not just too many parts at the moment. And, you know, one could argue if I'm understanding the geometry of your building, but really down here, this stuff, I'm back over on your expanded cut now, sorry, I'm just all over the place. This surface is kind of an extension or is a continuation of this block. It's as though it were pierced by, it were pierced by the stair, but that you might, you might read that thing. I think it would clean. There's something really mixed up about the massing right now, as you've related the, as you've articulated it relative to its um, cladding and its perforations and fenestrations and all that stuff that I think would be helped by just taking a step back and saying, I've got this kit of parts. Maybe I should, try to try to support the massing idea you have with the way you're treating those surfaces um so that would be step one and and i would also think about that relative to this guy i'm not sure about that guy either it's another one of those things we talked about a couple times today when there's two and there's so there's some critical threshold beyond which there's so much stuff going on you don't understand the hierarchy anymore and when i look at the elevation that you have right now um the hierarchy is a little bit it's 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 not it's just unclear um, and if you have that precedent on the left side with the stair that's climbing up the building. I mean, I think that stair, at least in elevation view, is successful because it's set against a facade that's pretty uniform. It's got some little punches, yes, but it's these panels with metal panels or something. And then there's this other screen thing behind that's a little bit set back from the facade. But I think if you had three or four other moves, if this architect did three or four other things like you're doing, you'd lose the integrity of the diagram. So I'm, I'm after trying to help you sustain the integrity of the diagram. I think it gets a little bit lost um, as you've drawn mm-hmm. it now. There's some funny things in the plan too that are probably just get worked out as you continue to tease this out over the course of the rest of the semester. But your, your assembly hall, I think, doesn't really work yet. Um, we're having the same trouble in our studio as well. I know it's compact, but yeah, coming into this beautiful. thing and, and you've got these columns you know, here and here and here is really not working. Maybe once you reconfigure those spaces you'll be able to get it work but it's a it's an awkward shape um as as you know for for a lecture hall it's, it appears to be flat um which is a little bit tough mm-hmm. as well um for 100 i think this is supposed to seat 100 people um sorry that's the ups person or something but in any case there's some some plan operations that are related to structure as well i would focus on trying to clean up and i would also take a strong look at how you're treating the facade and trying to get that to operate the way you're drawing your interior views at the moment i think is again as a first pass or second pass is pretty clear you've got the wood stuff and everything else is white i think you gotta spend some time thinking about the nature of that screen whether it's terracotta or whatever the lamasana school is or it's metal or you know how that fits into the other material systems i really like what you did with your stair i think this is the only one i've seen today where somebody didn't just land the stair on the ground but you built a plinth here and that plinth might have a seat on it or or is it's I think there's some thought there that's really, really great. Um, so I'd encourage you to keep keep working um, through that. But there's, a, you know, any number of things. The lower left rendering that has the punch window with the divided lights, I find kind of funny. There's just these moments where you've a little bit um, collaged parts of, of other ideas um, in the same massing. And I think you have a strong core of the project and you, you, you seem to be really good at drawing through 
I think your drawings are easy to read as well. So I think you're quite good at that. But I'd, I'd focus on developing this idea and trying to strip down and make the, the diagram as clear as possible. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. That feedback really covered like all the struggles I've been just like struggling with in my project because I've also noticed that like the different materials that I'm using is just like, I don't know, I feel like it was too much just yeah. having the variation of materials. So maybe just simplifying it too to just show like difference of the staircase and the form in general would be really helpful. I think so. Carme Pinos is a better architect than I'll ever be, but I find she's, that, that project is really, the view you have, it feels, you know, you got the two kind of diagonal um, stacked volumes, and then there's, there are a couple of other material systems behind. There's a lot going on in this project. Um, but I, I don't think I could handle this many variables. Um, so I, I'm, I'm just encouraging you to maybe, yeah, pull back and say, maybe I've got two or three or of these things glass is one material maybe it's concrete maybe it's terracotta maybe something else but there's a there's a set of materials that you're operating with one is wood because you're using the um, wood structure um, but i just i think restraint will help you get grounded in an idea and you can be really strategic about moments where you say actually something else happens here because this is significant i think that that'll be a good way to think about your project as you go forward i'll just add a couple of things thanks bob that's fantastic and it does hit a lot. I think for the moment you can take the structure back out and look at the geometry. Like start with, I just did a, I just did a sketch of the entry and the assembly hall. And because of the stair, the assembly hall can go up a little bit or tilt so that you clear it with the stair, but it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be completely carved out in the corner. And then you get a kind of form that you can manipulate, put the stairs in. So they, re, I mean, um, chairs. So they reiterate your geometry. Um, the shift is a must. I, I totally agree with Bob that if that, if that wooden upper and wooden lower is cut by the glass stair, they don't have to reconnect vertically. They, they can shift off so that you still have a triple shift. Mm -hmm. But it's the geometry of the, or the, the material read of the massing is what's important. So rather than identify each mass with a different material, it may just be two materials, but they're shifted and pushed in and pushed out. And that'll signify entry where you have maybe the maybe the um, assembly hall pushes out a little bit over the sidewalk and becomes the canopy that you walk under to go up the stair. So there's some there's some minor moves you could make that would totally clean up the geometry. And then what what uh, what Bob was doing, and I went a little bit further with it for the structure. I know the corner has a problem, but right now I think the geometry will tell you the answer. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, I think that we, you and I were talking about structure before it was clean geometrically. Now that you have plans and sections, you can go through the whole thing and see where where things land. And then we can come back and decide on the columns um, next week, or you can probably take a shot at it now, I think. Uh, the corner is our big problem. And I was thinking that if you have eight feet, of, eight feet from the party wall and then they turn and you get another double column, could we structure it so that we don't need a column in the corner? Because mm -hmm. you have an eight-foot zone in both directions at the edge. It's, it's, it's sketchy, but it's a possibility. I mean, the worst case is you have one column hanging out there like a cigarette. We don't want that, but it may be that that's one unique form that has to do with the shift. And in fact, it shows up in the plan where the hinge is of the rotation of the masses. So maybe it's an indicator of the shifting and then therefore kind of uh, corkscrews up through as a column and it's different than the others. Mm -hmm. So... Good work. Um, I hope that helps. Do you have any questions? Yeah, about thank the you. Uh, I have a question about like my structure. 
So oh. you know how I have these cantilevering forms that are shifting? I was wondering, like, how would CLT work in the way it cantilevers and gets cut off, like, at an angle? Is that a possible thing to... What do you mean, don't you just cut them off? Maybe I don't understand. Because I feel like CLT just works in a perpendicular fashion, not, like, in a shifting way. The, the nice thing about CL, it's like, think about it like plywood. Have you ever worked with plywood before? Mm -hmm. That's right. If, you, if you've worked with or even have a piece or some piece of furniture, if you look at it, you'll see on the edge, you know, it varies depending on what it is, but say there are three layers of plywood, it's very common. You might have one where the direction of the veneer is this way, then the next stack, the direction of the veneer is this way, and then the next one, it's this way. And it's the cross lamination of the direction of the grain that gives it its strength and in, in not just one axis, but both axes. CLT is the same thing, just blown up and it's done with bigger pieces of wood. So the idea that you could do something like this, for, for sure, you could definitely do that. The question will be, you know, how far can you go? How does it right. get back? But I, I wouldn't worry too much about that stuff right now. I think to Keith's point, you know, I, it's studio. Um, and one of the, <laughs> you should enjoy this part of your life where you don't have to figure that shit out 100% and say that, you, you know, whether you've got an eight foot by eight foot cantilever at the corner of the building, like Keith said, I would say, you know what, that's good enough. Um, you know, maybe it ends up being the case that, that you need some call in there, it becomes a part of your project. But I think the worst case, you're going to get somebody in your view who says, well, that doesn't, structure doesn't work very well. Well, we um, also know enough about counterbalance and you have a fire stair there and Yes, you can cut CLT at any angle because the plywood solves it. It's easier than a than a wooden beam because uh, grain grain has more of a limit than CLT. Treat it like it's more like um, 37 layers of plywood mm -hmm. pressed together and engineered. So when you cut it, it's more like a it's magically like steel. It's lighter, but it's steel, and you can cut it off. You can cut steel with a welding torch. You can cut CLT with a saw. It's not hard to do and then when you you know when we look at the um, expanded cut and how the how the facades held the question is is there a cap on the end of it that holds a different technology for the facade or is it screwed into the face of the beams you know there's lots of little details like that um, but they need to be worked out they're not they're not um, showstoppers so mm -hmm. to speak I guess and we do have to work that shit out Bob <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm I'm drawing a line for my students that if it's if it it passes the eye test, we'll be okay. I mean, oh. I, I was hopeful to do you know I I really like the performative cut sections where we're able to zoom in. Yeah. But for the final, it seems like there's going to be either the performative cut or the expanded cut, and because those yeah. are different scales, we're not going to you know maybe some will choose to do those, or maybe I'll push them to do them. But you're not well, going to be able to get to the nitty gritty. I think um, part of the answer is how we do this. Um, you know the analytical structure how we do the analysis of structure because 160 is asking for um you know beam sizes and column sizes but the truth is if it passes the eyeball test it's damn close like i can get close with my engineer there's a there's a basic equation that uh, mario salvadori uses in his book why buildings stand up and his other one why buildings fall down he was my <laughs> professor at columbia and he has this equation called the tower of babel equation and he put a, a multiplier in for every material so for instance how tall could you make a, a, a tower of glass or a tower of wood or a tower of brick and it's about the self-collapse weight but he also goes into giving you the basic uh, uh, um, multipliers for beams cantilevers and things like that and uh, knowing that many of you have walls that are floor to ceiling that operates like a beam when it's floor to ceiling a door does not 
take away the integrity of a wall as a beam until you have multiple punctures. So there are lots of ways to do this. We just have to we have to teach and, and we have to teach our way through it. And then if we have columns, I mean, if we have beams that come out underneath the floor, like in your case, Kay, then, you know, I, there's a question about the corner. You know, glass is not structural. <laughs> but you have a rotation, and it seems to me, philosophically, if we're looking for a hinge, right? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about Bredin's, um Her stair is a bit of a hinge because it comes right at the cur. It, it comes right at the bend in the wall. We didn't talk about it like that, but it's a maelstrom in the middle of the project. In your case, there's a rotation, and I don't know where the rotation is. If the hinge is all the way at the party wall, or could it be the column that that rotates over there? You know, so that gives you a a a um, an opening to make a different kind of column at that one place. Mm-hmm. So there are lots of ways around this. We just have to spend a few minutes on it. You know. All right. Well, um, the the lecture was sold out anyway, so it's on YouTube because the Zoom link filled up because the AIA, Oakland, Berkeley, and everybody else went to Norman Foster. So it's on YouTube if you want to watch it. So if we're late, you're fine. Um, do you have any closing comments, Bob? I'm going to see you on Wednesday. I'd like to talk to to, to my group for five minutes. And then, yeah. Uh, I, no, I, I don't think so. I, I thank you for letting me join you guys for a little while today. Um, it was uh, a lot of fun and great to see the work that you guys are doing. And my own students, I think a lot of them, most of them are here, joined as well. So hopefully you guys were able to get something out of seeing your colleagues' work and hearing Keith's feedback. But we'll get more from Keith tomorrow. Um, we're lucky enough to have him joining us. And I believe Eleanor is joining us as well for half the students. Wow, you have a kick-ass grit. Good job. Yeah, what a team! Finally, yeah, um, that's fantastic. Yeah, Finally, yeah. <laughs> <So don't>, yeah. <laughs> get to hear from somebody who knows something. So, oh, um, but in any case, yeah, thank you so much for letting us letting us join you. It's been yeah. really great. All right, thanks again. We'll see you Wednesday. Thanks, guys. All right, my group. I'll see you Wednesday too. All right, all have right. a good night. Talk to you all soon. Um, we don't need to stay long. Um, I think. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Masayoshi, good job. I want to be sure that all of you have um, heard what was said in a way that pushes you forward. Do not make major changes to your projects. Like, Jesus, I've never seen so much red. (laughs) But it really wasn't much more than what we've already talked about. So please don't overreact. What you need to do is grab onto the things that were said and push forward. We have a month. We have a month to the end. I'm not going to see you till Monday, but what I will do is I'll write an email about what we're going to do for Monday. What I'd like you to do right away while it's fresh during class on Wednesday is write a response to the crit. I put as many post-its as I could, but like everybody, I got burned out at some point and didn't write it all down. There are notes on your boards. You have things in your head. Write it down and, and make a response uh, to the crit. I think um, I saw Zoe started a new board to the right. I think we need a new board so that you can put, even if you put the same drawings from today, or you could replace my drawings and Bill's drawings and and Bob's drawings, but make a visual um, response. What is your red line of your project given what was said today? Can you pull that off? Because I think you should be able to. Um, I guess between, I'm trying to think of, Miro as a tool, and if you put post-it notes and sketches on your drawings, delete the things, Jesus, that are chaotic. Um, 
but you're going to have to decipher because I wasn't talking on yours, but what I drew for the entry was a door that opened and it also opened again, like a old school phone booth, like it opened, opened so that it stays open during the day and you don't need chairs in the corner. It's about, you know, moving in. Um, the urban analyticals, some of you are finished with those. Some of you need badly to substantiate an opening statement about the city or architecture. Um, Saeed, you make me crazy. <laughs> you could, you need to start out and say, I only see the kitty, this kitty. Uh, there's a cat behind my computer. I only <laughs> see the city through the windshield of the car. It is my lens. The automobile is my lens to the city. Be like really decisive on it and you don't even have to, don't be apologetic or describe what's being looked at. Talk about things directly. Um, okay, questions. Where's the front door? If your walls are black in section, why are they not black in plan? What's the poche about? I think that today the sections are diagrammatic and I wanted them bold so we could see them. But when you look at the plan, I think that's the way to do the section as well. I think Bill is right. But for today, I didn't mind the thick black lines because I wanted to know quickly at a glance what is what. Um, we can talk more about that. Um, five line weights and three line types. We've been over that a few times. The models need to be in the plans and sections. You need to put the city model, not just a number. That thing's an identifier because it's, it's adjacent to the exhibition space. You need to put uh, either rolling walls or partitions, not partitions that mess up the plan. These are, these are light, thin panels that are for exhibitions. Treat them like pieces of plywood that roll around. But they need to read like almost like the glass. Exhibition panels and the model of the city need to be in the drawing so that there's a language to the geometry. Your, um, your assembly halls have seats, but I don't think you need to follow the walls. Like you can make a cluster independently as a square within a round room. Or like when we were talking about K just now, I found that it actually clears the stair if you move that end of the assembly hall up a couple of feet and you can crank it in section or something so that it's a it's a it's an object so look at your seating and, and I guess diverge from the geometry so the inside of that room works um, we can talk about structure next week um, but the model is graphically unique it's a it's a map and plan and it's little towers in section Which way does a stair, ramp, or floor look? This is about railings. Um, if you had, if you were on a bridge or a stair or a ramp, and it wasn't equal on both sides, if it were prioritizing a view that way because the light's from that way, the extreme version would be this side is a wall, that side is glass, and that side is 42 inches, and this is floor to ceiling. That would be the extreme version of railings. Now, the point is that some of you, like, um, I guess, well, many of you could put solid concrete railings and it makes the section pop. It looks really good in the section. You don't need glass everywhere. And in some cases, you don't have railings. So think about if you had glass on one side and concrete on the other, and they were both three feet. Which way would the thing look? And maybe that tells you about a height difference rather than a material difference. But I want to really attack um, the railings like you do the stairs so they're kind of spatially directional. And they aren't, I think there's a kind of fear about railings messing up the, the sections. But the truth is, 
they activate it. If they're glass, if they're thin lines, or if they're thick concrete, there are different languages to the edges. And um, in many cases, they can become the beam. The railing can become the beam. You all know falling water. There are no beams under the cantilever of falling water because Frank Lloyd Wright put a four-foot railing around the cantilever. That railing is a beam, and it rings the whole thing. So the magic of the project from underneath is it's a smooth cantilever. But from above, um, two sides of it are beams that allow it to be held up. So think about that structurally, that the edges of floors, <coughs> excuse me, in many cases, the, um, the railing can also be structure. And so you don't need beams underneath it. You know, we can talk about this when we look at it in section next week, but I want you to think about that. Um, you've got to put the bottom... The first floor should be at the bottom of the presentation. Is there something in the handout that says the first floor should be at the top? Did I miss something? I don't think it's in there, is it? So in the presentation, um, the ground is down and the ceiling or the roof is up in the section. Please just stack your drawings, one at the bottom, two, three, four, and then the top one at the top because the sections get lighter structurally as they go up and in many of your cases there's more light in the section so it corresponds it's just a kind of common sense stacking I was just a little surprised and thought maybe that someone had said somewhere along the way that the first floor should be at the top the first floor should be at the bottom okay that's an easy one I'm even surprised I'm talking about it consistency of wall cuts and plan and section um, I guess for the final it would be helpful to have um, little tick marks out to the side like what's the language of a section cut in a plan so you don't have to tell us you don't want to cut all the way through on my thesis I got pissed off and I just made a red line through all my drawings like um, cuts you know but the drawings were in black and white so the red lines were almost disavowed by me because I couldn't there was too much information it was just chaos with all these little tick marks on the edge on the other hand you can put tick marks on the edge and they don't cut the plan. So there are lots of ways to do this, but we need to figure out some kind of graphic indicator that's consistent with your drawings. So it's part of the drawing, not some kind of alien life form. We'll look at structure next week and the following week and the following week. It's not a hard thing. You already are way ahead of all the other sections. You've all got structure. Um, the most extreme is like, okay, you have columns. We can look at it and go, wow, those columns are in the wrong places. All you got to do is move them over. And you can say to me, what about the 20-foot rule? Well, does an 8-foot spacing sound good when it's possible? Because an 8-foot spacing gives you 25 feet instead of 20. You know, there are lots of little trade-offs for things like that. If you're willing to make a rectangular column and plan, and the rectangle goes in the direction of the longest span, you can span longer because the, the beams and the columns are the same shape. So I always look at the plan and see, when I see a square column, I flag it. Because if I know that the column is equal distant, 20, 20 in both directions, the square works. But if it's 20 in one direction and eight in another, I could push it down to, to maybe eight inches in the eight foot span direction and make it 24 inches in the direction of the 20 foot span. So then you see the direction of space based on the column to beam relationship. And we can talk more about that. Mm -hmm. I like round columns because you can swing around them. You know, you hold them and you move around. And then it's, it's just something that you don't bump into. You, you kind of smoothly move past. So there, there are many things we can talk about. 
Some of you don't need a column at all. Who was it that brought that up? Zoe, was it you that like said, no, it wasn't. Erica, maybe. I don't remember now because my head's mush, but um, it came up in one of the projects, what about structure? And it's clear that the walls work, but they work like, they work like that. They cross each other. As long as walls cross each other, we could make a model out of this by taking out the floors and you'd see how the load gets transferred down because the shear walls cross, okay? Um, last but not least, you know, you don't put your closet in a bicycle. I mean, a bicycle in a closet. <laughs> so look at how you roll your bicycle. In in Bredine, you have this wonderful space on Market Street. You could just line them up underneath the cantilever on the Market Street side, and it would look great. Just um, Julio, man, it's the language of bike rack. Dude, you've got like <laughs> bike rack. I would be hanging them all over the place, you know. So don't don't get lost when something looks at you as an opportunity. The bicycles are easy. They shouldn't be in a closet like toward the street. Yes, that works, but um, a three-foot-wide door and a bicycle I've got to turn the corner with. Even if any of you ride bikes, when you go to BART and they have those big bicycle cages, those are designed for bikes, and even those are a pain in the neck. So just put some parallel lines, hang them on the wall or put them on the ground, but just make a place for the bikes that's kind of open. I don't care if your bike got stolen or not. My bike was stolen twice. I can still design. So don't worry about it. You've got to be an optimist, and we make them so they lock up, you know. And, like, if it's a cage like in BART, it's fine. But I don't think we have that many bikes necessary, you know. Okay, I hope I said enough. Are there any questions? Make a response. Write down your response. Put post-its on your drawings. Draw a response and start working right away. I think most of the crit was about plans and sections. Most of your crit was about plans and sections. Some of you, when when you jump over and don't show your urban analytical as a as an introduction, that means it doesn't matter to you. So I think you've got to think. Imagine you're presenting this to guests that ha aren't part of 100B, and they've never been to Oakland or San Francisco. How do you start? You don't start with the light. You start with the city, right? Where in the city? Where on the grid? work your way in so it's fine if it's a site plan but you kind of got to find the uh you've got to find the triggers in the in the city that gets you there okay <clears throat> i will be you got an email about this i'm on i'm on bill dinapolis for half and i'm on bob scott's for half just turn on your mics and listen and work just work during the crit and take take what we're talking about like a podcast sometimes things are valuable and say oh that could be useful in my crit Incorporate it. You know what works and what doesn't when you hear it. Okay? <clears throat> we have a month. This is not the mid-review. This is the sort of beginning of the end. You're in a good place. Be confident in what you have. Take what we talked about today. Work for Monday. And any lingering questions about the critique, put a post-it on your board and we'll talk about it first thing Monday. What I'd like to do is have crits in groups of three on Monday. So three of you at a time. It'll be like, me, Erica, and Masayoshi. And Masayoshi, you will talk about Erica's with me. And Erica, you'll talk about Masayoshi's with me. So that we can, we can create a more firm dialogue. It's not always reliant on me and notes. 
I want to, and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm not sure how to do this yet, but I'm going to try to put them together by technology or issues of curvilinearity or cantilever. I'm just going to roughly put you guys together on Monday so that um, there's a kind of comparative analysis value to it. You can tell me who you want to go with. I really don't have a plan for it yet. I'm just thinking out loud about that. Okay. Anika and Zanyi have gone to sleep because it's... I'm still here. It's, Not it's yet. daylight. The sun came up, didn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'm exhausted. This was a good day. Don't be overwhelmed. I don't think anyone is. I don't know why I'm worried about it, but do not start over. Move forward. You can't start over. I don't even know why I say that, but I've seen people do that in the past. You've got, all of you have projects 75 to 80% cooked. Dig in and make it happen, okay? These are great projects. Just make them better. That's the goal, okay? You knew where your holes were before you had your crit today, so address those things if they didn't come up. It's like a reprieve. The crit's over. Thank God. Now I can work again. Okay. Questions? Comments? Hey, where's Jonathan? What happened? He was having technical issues, by the way, in case you're wondering. That's where he is. All right, I'm going to go. I'll see you Wednesday. I'll turn it on. Um, wait. No, I won't, because I'm going to be on one of those two starting early, right? I can turn on the Zoom 15 minutes early if you want to check in. And then I'll flip over to the two crits. And by the way, you can chat me up over there, because uh, they can't see the DM, and we can... I can multitask if you want. All right. I'll talk to you if I see something that's relevant. I'll just say something and you just look at what's up on the screen, okay? Okay. Um, be sure to take a tour of all the other sections. It's a good moment to see where people are and, and you know, what's happening. I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to do it before Wednesday. All right. Bye-bye. Raise your hand if you want to ask Thank a question. Bye-bye. Good job Thank today. You. Thank you. Yeah, good work. Good work.